0: Welcome to Living a Sensory Life, a podcast that I've started talking all things sensory. So my name's Becky, I'm the founder of Sensory Spectacle and I've run this podcast to teach you all about sensory processing disorder. We're going to be interviewing people, we're going to be sharing strategies, I'm going to be giving you research and I'm also going to be explaining things to you so that you can help to understand the child or adult you care for or support just that little bit better.
1: So this is a very special podcast part of Autism Awareness Month. This month I'm going to be talking to you about sensory characteristics. Now this is often regarded as sensory behaviors, so things that we see, things that we observe people doing in order to help to regulate themselves. So I'm really excited that this month, after I've explained sensory characteristics and behaviors in this podcast, the following three podcasts are going to be talking with parents and practitioners who are gonna help us to see further into their child sensory world and help us to understand specifically as a practitioner, as a teacher, how we can recognise and support our students in the classroom as well. So this podcast is very much about me helping you to understand what these sensory characteristics can be and how we can recognize them. And so then when we move on to the following podcasts, you'll be ready to understand more about that parent or professional's insight as well. So just a reminder, we know that sensory processing difficulties impact one in 20 children and adults. Now, that's a huge proportion of people. If you think about a party that you go to or a class in school or college, there's likely to be 20 or more people in there. And so it's really important for us to just remember that someone may not have an official diagnosis. However, the way they respond to the things in their environment through their senses may be different to how you do. And it's really important just to remember that that could be neurological. It could be the fact that their brain processes that sensory information in a different way to you. So some of these sensory behaviours or characteristics, as I prefer to use the term for, might be the fact that your child or young person is fidgeting, or they find it difficult to sit still, so when they're going to have their lunch or their dinner, not staying in their seat for long enough, so standing up, sitting down, moving around, spinning, getting up, crouching down, reaching for things on the table, fidgeting with them in their hands, all sorts of things. It might be licking objects, so licking toys, licking people, licking windows, it may be walking on their tiptoes, so this might be with shoes on, socks on, shoes off, socks off, Um, on any environment, so maybe inside or outside. You may notice that some people break things quite easily, so they hold things really firmly. So when they're writing, they might break pencil nibs easily. When they grip things or throw things, it's always really forceful. Um, And a lot of the time, that person isn't aware of how much force and pressure they're using. And I'll explain that a little bit more in a bit. Some other people may find labels or seams really itchy or annoying. Again, this can be a sensory characteristic. So what are they doing in order to support themselves? They may take their clothes off. They may prefer to not be wearing clothes. They might wear their clothes inside out. They might wear them a certain way. So those are some of the sensory characteristics that we see in response to people that find labels itchy or seams annoying. So when we're thinking about sensory processing difficulties, it's really important to remember our eight sensory systems. And you can learn loads more about these eight senses on our online training. So have a look on our website if you'd like to do that. Now, we've got five external senses, which are the five that we learn about in school. So smell, taste, touch, sight and hearing. Those are the ones that often we jump to. When we see someone covering their ears, we think, oh, yeah. They're sensitive to sound. When we um, see someone flickering something in front of their eyes. Yeah, that's visual. However, we've also got three internal senses. So these are invisible because they're inside of our body. That's how we take in the information. And these are proprioception, vestibular and interoception. Proprioception tells you where your body is in space. So it's the feedback from your joints and your muscles. Vestibular is your sense of movement in relationship with gravity, and that's modulated between your ears. And interoception is our internal sense that tells us how we're feeling. So if we're happy or sad, or if we're hungry or need the toilet. So we need to make sure that we consider all of our senses when we're recognizing some of these sensory characteristics. So when someone's covering their ears, Yes, it could be the fact that they're sensitive to sound. And so they're covering their ears either in anticipation or because there is an intense sound. But it could also be because when they push their head, they're actually getting more proprioceptive input. So they're feeling where that part of their body is. In the same way, if someone's flickering something in front of their eyes, it may well be visual because that's what might be what they're looking at however it could also be tactile it could be auditory it could be proprioceptive it could be vestibular so when we're starting to recognize some of these sensory characteristics it's really important that we personalize it for our child or who it is that we're supporting So that's why I'm really excited that the next few podcasts are going to be talking with parents, having conversations with them about how they have found understanding their child's sensory needs to be the most important thing before being able to go out and find the right support. So some of these sensory characteristics can be relating to difficulties with modulation. So that's the amount of information someone is processing. So this is where we may use the terms seeking, avoiding and craving. Some people may have difficulties with discrimination in relationship to the sensory input. So they may um, find it difficult to recognize how much force and pressure they're using with their proprioceptive sense, or it could be that they find it difficult to locate where a sound has come from, or the difference in sounds. So with words and with reading and writing, it may be something as small as the difference between the word bat and bad. So the difference of the T and the D can be quite difficult for some people to identify and to work out. And then we can have motor based difficulties. And this is mainly relating to our proprioceptive, vestibular and tactile senses. So it's all about our coordination, our motor skills and our ability to plan or to do those skills. So When we're recognising some of these characteristics, we might notice that some people find it difficult to screen out irrelevant sounds or visual input. They might get really overwhelmed in classrooms or shopping centres because of the amount of auditory and visual input. Some people may seek small spaces. Some people may seek certain touch, so squeezing people or things or biting themselves or pinching themselves or squeezing themselves. But they might also do that to you as well. Some people might be attracted to lights or to windows, so rotating things, spinning, staring up, looking at the lights. And other people may find those lights really overwhelming and therefore creating a pain so all you'll see is someone wanting to try and remove themselves from that visual input. Some other sensory characteristics can relate to smell and taste so you might have someone that loves smelling things or smelling people. They may also lick things and lick people and then on the opposite side you might notice that some people may gag quite easily or may and be overwhelmed from that smell input. And so the way that we respond to that might be to just remove ourselves from that environment. Taste, usually when we're talking about taste, we think of food. And so actually I tend to not address that sensory system immediately. I prefer to know all of the other sensory characteristics before addressing that person's food options. Vestibular, we need to think about things like, does someone find it difficult to sit still for a long period of time? Do they keep moving their head? Are they rocking, bouncing, spinning, banging their head? Or maybe on the opposite side, they're processing too much of that. So actually they're, they're dizzy a lot of the time or disorientated or confused. And then some sensory characteristics related to proprioception may be the fact that someone's constantly touching something or squeezing something, or when they go into a new environment, they're walking around the edge of the room, tapping things, banging things, pushing things, trying to work out where their body is in that space. It might be that that person seeks a lot of rough and tumble, so likes to bump into people or climb on things and jump off. And also it can be where we observe tiptoe walking as well and so these sensory characteristics or sensory behaviors are the things that often get misunderstood. So by observing someone who is chewing on something, if someone was to stop that, so because they think that that person's doing it to be cheeky or to be naughty, If you were to stop them from chewing on that object or take away that item from them chewing on it, then actually it can have a really negative impact on that person. Because ultimately they're chewing on that object to regulate themselves, to support themselves, to feel at their best. So to be able to just listen to your instructions. What happens when we remove or stop that is we're supporting it as a behavior. Supporting it as something that shouldn't be done, and so that child or young person or adult then is lost. Doesn't know how to support themselves because that thing, the chewing of the object, which was supporting them, actually now isn't there for them to support themselves. However, their body still requires that chewing or that proprioceptive action in order to feel okay, to feel supported. So when we're talking about sensory characteristics, this is why it's so important to observe, to have a great relationship, and to be responsive to different environments. As soon as we feel confident in recognizing characteristics and knowing why someone is doing the thing that they're doing, we're going to have a better awareness to know how to support them in all different types of environments. Now one thing I do just quickly want to touch on is the fact that you may well notice that some of the people you're supporting whether it's your child or whether it's someone in a professional setting may well seek out sensory input and avoid sensory input and that can be for the same sensory system or it can be for different sensory systems and it's really important to then write down or have a document which identifies those as differences. So I used to support someone who would come into where I worked with ear defenders on. He would take them off, throw them on the floor, run up and down the corridor singing, go to the radio, turn up the radio really loud, start dancing. We had a musical keyboard, he'd go to the keyboard and start playing the keyboard. Now, he would then get to a point where he would start to hum and be... Mm, it'd be a really low same tone hum and as soon as we observed him humming to us that was our sign that we needed to support him we needed to step in and help him to regulate back down because actually at the moment he is overwhelmed with now all of this auditory input so he came in maybe wanting to seek out some of that auditory stimulus. However, he got to a point where he then recognized when it was too much. And so him humming was his way of trying to block out some of those other sounds that he was creating. So we would then offer him his ear defenders or go to a quieter space and sit there in order to regulate. Now, if we're noticing our children or or young people, seeking and avoiding, seeking and avoiding, it can actually be a really good sign because it means that your child or young person is aware of what their body needs. And so we need to then help them to recognize that, but also support them to do that as well. So like with this young man, we would offer him his ear defenders, or the things that he found supportive in order to regulate that auditory input. So over the series, next three episodes of this podcast, we're going to be talking with parents and talking about what are some of their child's coping strategies how do they support themselves on a day-to-day basis and also within the classroom when we're talking to our professional we're we're talking about how can we make it accessible to all of our students how can we understand all of our students sensory needs so hopefully you will really have a great understanding of some of these sensory characteristics often misunderstood as behaviours by the end of this month. If you've ever got any questions, please do get in touch. You can get in touch on any of our social media channels. You can also email us hello at sensoryspectacle.co.uk or have a look on our website for any of the answers that might be there. This podcast was brought to you by
0: Sensory Spectacle. You can find out more about our immersive training and workshops on our website, SensorySpectacle.co.uk. We educate about and create awareness of sensory processing disorder internationally. We travel the world helping parents and professionals to understand specific characteristics relating to sensory processing needs. On our website, you'll find books, sensory support items, classroom resources, as well as information about our trainings. If you have any questions, please do get in touch. We love to hear from you, but otherwise, thanks for listening.